Hey, AEC Marketing Strategies fans. It's Wendy Simmons, host of the Shortlist Podcast, where me and my team explore all things AEC marketing. If you're interested in the proposal process, how to coach an interview team, or just learning how we stay creative and inspired, follow the shortlist so you'll never miss a conversation. You're listening to AEC Marketing Strategies. Here's your host, Lindsay Divin. Hey there, Lindsay here. As an AEC marketer, you probably use InDesign and other Adobe products almost daily to create your proposals and your marketing materials. I know I do, but I cannot claim to be an expert in all of these software. But I have a good friend who is an Adobe guru. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you might already know who my guest is today. She is Adobe expert, Julie Schaefer. This is her third time on the podcast. It's been a while since she's been on the show. So I've asked her to come back to share with us all of the impressive updates that have come to Adobe, including all of their artificial intelligence additions. So grab a cup of coffee pen and paper, and get ready to be amazed with what Julie is going to share with you today. Okay, I am so excited today because I have my friend and Adobe guru, Julie Schaefer, back on the show. I think I think you are my first repeat guest. And I know we were joking earlier this year when we saw each other at conferences that I think this is just going to be a regular annual installment because everybody that's listening, there's so much changing with Adobe and Adobe products that it's hard to keep up. Julie keeps up with it all. And so why not bring her on the show to share her wisdom with us? So Julie Schaefer with Schaefer Creative. She's been on the episode, like I said, two times before, episode 12 and episode 27. And that was all about using InDesign for review and then InDesign plugins and workflows just to kind of speed up your proposal and document production. But today, we're not talking just about InDesign. Today, we are going to be talking about kind of the whole changing landscape of Adobe. We were talking a little bit before we hit record, and some of the stuff that Julie's going to share with us, I didn't even know about. So make sure that you have some notes, maybe slow down the episode, and let's get into it. So Julie, it's so good to see you again and hear from you again and have you on the show again. So thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I just love everything that you're doing, Lindsay, and I love to be part of this podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. Yes, yes. So let's get into today's topic. I call you my Adobe guru. You're like our Adobe guru for the industry. And as an Adobe guru, can you share some of these exciting new features and these new updates that have been introduced over the past, I don't know, couple months or year? Oh, absolutely. I am so excited to see what Adobe is doing, especially around generative AI. So taking a look from a graphic perspective and an image perspective, a few months ago, Adobe released the beta for Firefly. So you can find that at firefly.adobe.com. So this is their beta that we can start to play with some of the generative AI features like image to text and some generative fill features. It's really cool. They're adding to it all of the time. It is still in beta. So that means it's not yet available for commercial use. So this is our playground as marketers to start to learn the features 
what Adobe is coming out with, how we can use those in practice when they do release it publicly, they do release it commercially, you'll be ready because there are some fantastic features in here, especially around the generative fill. So they released that as part of Firefly, but you also can play with that in the new Photoshop public beta. So if you're not doing that yet, whenever you're downloading Photoshop, go to Creative Cloud and look at your beta apps. And all of us can access some of these public betas. And this is probably the most robust Photoshop beta that I've ever gotten to play with because we can do this generative fill. So for example, I can take an image. I can expand out the canvas where I have just a blank spot for half of the canvas, use generative fill, and it looks at the image and fills in what's missing. It is frightening and amazing (laughs) at the same time. I can see that you have this perfect image of your project for like your cover or you need it landscape for a slide or your website and it has a beautiful skyline, but you want to continue that skyline so you can put text over it. It would fill in that skyline or that space there. Yes, it is perfect, especially like you said, you have to repurpose a portrait cover so you can do a landscape PowerPoint, you know, with the Mm -hmm. same image, kind of extending that out, understanding that you'll probably have text over that space anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, we're not trying to, to invent something. We're not trying to mislead anybody. It's just helping us kind of build, build out that canvas for our purposes. Another great example is when you receive headshots from maybe your subs or some other team members and the top of the head is cut off. You know, you can extend that canvas and basically rebuild, you know, maybe the sides or the top of the head to kind of give your headshots a little bit more space. So when we put them Mm -hmm. in a resume, it matches some of the other resume headshots. So things like that. Little, yeah. Nobody's going to notice that you rebuilt their head. I hope, <laughs> but those kinds of things are ways that we can use it as marketers. So I'm, I'm really, really excited for when we can start using it commercially. Yeah. So that was well. You talked about Firefly, but then the generative fill, it's available in the Photoshop beta. It's, it's available both in Firefly and the Photoshop beta. Okay. So okay. using it in either place. So again, you can download the Photoshop beta. As part of Creative Cloud, there are some, I'm going to call it just some agreements that you're making with Adobe when using a beta. So be sure that you're respectful of those. Again, it's not for commercial use. It's just right now a playground. It's a giant playground. Yeah, just to learn. And I like that because we need to learn these tools before we start using them, like in a proposal or when we're under a deadline. It's not really a good time to learn a new tool. Exactly. Exactly. And Firefly also is starting this new generative recolor. So they just released that in the Illustrator beta. So you can have a little vector image and do a generative recolor of it, which is, you know, kind of like how we can already recolor something. And this is just a little bit of a step up from that. So that's kind of another exciting part of both Firefly and Illustrator, because really Firefly is going to be kind of the, the AI engine, I believe behind all of the products. So still using the Adobe Sensei AI engine, but Firefly is supposed to be kind of how they're, they're going to put it in all of their design applications. Okay. Okay. And as a reminder, tell us a little bit about the Adobe Sensei. Yes. So that's really Adobe's AI engine that's been around for a while. So a lot of what we've been able to do 
in Photoshop, for example, has been driven by the intelligence that Adobe has built. And it's again, it's been around for a while, but just things like when we've been cloning out things or the healing brush, things like that, where Adobe has already been analyzing the image itself to figure out, you know, how the healing brush, for example, can actually fix it or the content aware fill, things like that. Okay. So yeah. those things have been in the product, you know, commercially for several versions. Probably don't even know that it's there. Like, right. Users. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been part of our products. It's been part of Adobe for forever, even in InDesign. Things using it just in InDesign, not even knowing. So. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up because AI has been a buzzword for the past six, eight months. But the more like I'm learning about it, it's like, oh, well, it's kind of been around for four, five, six years. It wasn't marketed. Right. Now it's marketed. Well, now that it's creating content, now that it's it's basically feeling like it's it's Mm -hmm. pulling things out of the air that weren't there before. I think that's the big change. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have to be afraid of it. No. What I'm getting at. You've already been using it, not really even knowing. So exactly. Embrace it. Absolutely embrace it. It it can really expedite just again, those little things like the the headshot. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Or when your superintendent sends you a picture and it's like cutting off one of the windows, but you need like the window or like I could just see like where it just kind of finishes the picture. So you can use the photo and you don't have to like send somebody back out to take another picture. Exactly. Exactly. And again, that is, you know, with, without the intent of something malicious, we're not trying to show here's what we're going to build for you, you know, clients or right. whatever. And that's not the intent. It's more of a, I see it for us more of a, just kind of just fill it out. So it works in the space. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Any other new exciting features or updates? Yeah. From an, from an InDesign perspective, InDesign 2023 released style packs. So what that is doing in InDesign is giving us an opportunity to let InDesign's AI determine the typography hierarchy of some text. So what style packs are supposed to do is when you place in text that is right now not styled, you can go to a style pack and you can run a style pack. It has five styles built in for each of them. And it's trying to identify the hierarchy. So it's looking for the top level heading, subhead, paragraph, bulleted list, and an ordered list, numbered list. So those are the five that are built into these style packs. Now, the problem is that the style packs themselves, the fonts are not what we're using. You know, they don't okay. look like what we're using. It's it's kind of, there's some Adobe fonts in there, but it's it's generally not what we in our industry, what the look is that we're probably going for. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of why, you know, a lot of people haven't used them because it's not using your brand, but what it does do, because it's identifying the structure in InDesign, I started kind of repurposing style packs and basically okay. saying, you know, if I run a style pack, let InDesign do the work, let it figure out the hierarchy. And it does a pretty good job and say, okay, well, this heading from the style pack, I'm just going to edit the heading, you know, right click in paragraph styles, mm-hmm. edit that heading and base it on my heading. And oh. then make sure you set to base. Okay. So that's a two-step process. So that heading will now be based on my heading, reset to base. So it's taking on the, the attributes of 
my style and my font, but it's still doing the work for me. So being able to do that and kind of think out of the box about how we can use these style packs, let it do the work and either repurpose it, at least for those five different styles and just kind of redefine how it looks. It can be really So the style pack, let me just make sure I understand what, because, you know, we don't have it in front of us. We're not seeing it. So so I'm going to try to verbally explain what I think it means. And you tell me if I'm correct. So the style pack, you run it on some unformatted text. Yes. It'll go through and it'll say, okay, it'll mark text, either heading one, subhead, paragraph. It'll apply those styles to that text. Sort of, yes. So there's several different style packs you can choose from. So things like there's one called Tuxedo and it has basically different paragraph styles, you know, different fonts that it's using for those five main ones. So you kind of choose the style pack that you want. So let's just say I'm using Tuxedo. I run it on unformatted text and it's going to apply what it says is heading, like heading one. Right, okay which okay. may be some giant obnoxious font. I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Something big, but it's it's actually applying those styles. So not only is it identifying them, it's going to apply the style from its nice. little style. Pack. Again, those style packs don't match my styles. Right. So then you can easily change. It's really, it's taking the time of going through pages and pages of text and applying styles. Correct. Like you don't have to do that anymore. It's doing all that work for you. Yes. And then what you've then discovered is then just go in and edit styles, it'll update in the whole document. Yes. I can just go and basically redefine those because those styles in that folder need to be named that way. They kind of need to stay that way for the, okay. For it to work. I can always redefine them. Yeah. So I can redefine yeah. it or just base it on my own. So that's awesome. Yeah. I can just see like, Oh my God, I'm thinking back to like how much time I've spent applying styles. Right. Right. Let's let the AI do the work. Let it. Yeah. Let it do I love that. For you, obviously, double check yourself, of course. Right. Right. You're going to still QC the document, so you'll see if anything's yes. out of whack. Yes. Yep. But it it is a way to kind of think outside of the box and don't feel like you're stuck in what these style packs look like. Just right. Um, right. I see it as a way to just go in and apply all the styles. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go let it do the work. And, you know, if you don't want to base it on your own style, let it do the work. And when you're done, basically then just delete them. Just say, okay, I'm going to delete the style pack heading and replace mm. it with my heading. And you could do that uh, also okay. and kind of get rid of it. Now that you're done, you've, you've let the AI do the work. You can clear out the style pack and use your own styles. It's remarkable. It's truly. Yeah. Remarkable. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any other updates or should we move on to integrations? Well, let's move on. Okay. So we know technology, like it's changing. Probably by the time this episode comes out, it'll have changed. But are there any specific like integrations or compatibility updates in the latest Adobe updates that AEC marketers should be aware of? As far as integrations and compatibility, not much that I can see for updates in the latest versions. Just again, the ability to play with the betas. I think this is the first time that they've really pushed out so vocally kind of the public betas to go play with them. So definitely, definitely using those. But for the most part, a lot of what they're doing that I can see from Adobe is really boosting up the AI capabilities within their own systems instead of like integrations. Yeah. They're, they're AI engines, generative AI engines, stuff like that. 
all with their, their own systems. And I do want to say they are being very, very cautious about what all of this means from an attribution perspective and copyright perspective. So mm-hmm. Adobe is really cognizant of that as far as, especially as images go. So I know that they are working really hard to make sure that creators are either the attribution is there or they're, they're just working through all of those. Yeah. Those things. I know that we're all questioning about how AI is really like who really owns it and who really created it. Right. Especially Adobe. I mean, I would think of all the other companies that are, you know, like the Googles and the Microsofts that are like doing AI, Adobe, like their customers are creators and right. photographers. And <laughs> right. so right. they are the people that need the copyright and the attribution protection. Yes. So that's probably why things aren't going as fast because they're taking the time to probably get feedback from their users and their customers too. Absolutely. So I really appreciate that they're doing that and trying, but really taking, being on the leading edge of trying to figure all of that out. <laughs> so yeah, this like a whole new, like even field of law. Right. Right. Yeah. So, it's, it's, yeah. Which I'm is glad well. I don't have to figure it out. I know. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Before like we get to some like rapid fire questions, are there any other exciting updates or changes or things going on with Adobe, InDesign, Photoshop, Illustrator? You know, whenever I do a Photoshop session now, because of the gen fill, it's it's like, here's here's all the tools I used to tell you what to do. And now now this tool is built in or will be soon. So that part has really changed. It's really changed the landscape for sure as a photo editor, you know, and mm-hmm. polisher of photography. So that I'm eager to see what's going to happen when that comes yeah. out. Yeah, that'll definitely change all of your training. Yeah, yeah. It'll be much shorter. It'll be like, <laughs> here, just go press this button. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's about that easy. So, oh, um, good. Yeah. Good or bad. I don't know. Bad. Yeah. It's not perfect, by the way. I mean, there's still, you know, it's fun though, because it gives you in Photoshop three options. Whenever you use it, you'll get three okay. different options. They're never the same three. So don't count on it. Next time you're going to generate the same thing again. So it's really fun to play with. Yeah. Save your versions as you're playing. Is exactly. What I'm hearing you say. Yeah, exactly. Great. Okay. So before we wrap up today, I ask all of my guests rapid fire questions. Yours are going to be a little different because you've been on the show several times. Yep. So the yours is going to be focused on Adobe. So rapid fire question number one, what is your number one piece of advice for marketers who are new to Adobe or InDesign or Illustrator, or any of these products? Like what, what is your number one piece of advice for them to get started? So for InDesign, learn styles. That is my number one. Learn how to use paragraph styles in our industry that is really what will set you apart and make your life a lot easier because we have to be flexible. We have to, you know, this week, maybe my proposal is a 10 point aerial font, but next week I have to change it to 12 point times new Roman. So understanding how to use paragraph styles really connects your workflow for sure. And then for the other product, play in it. Just just find a reason, spend some time every week, even maybe every day if you can, just to open the products and play in it and see what it does and how it can help you because it's changing so quickly that you really need to keep up of how it can really make your life a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. 
I love it. That's some good advice for me. I I don't go into it every day anymore and I probably need to. I'm going to definitely check out the Firefly. Oh, for sure. Okay. Question number two. I'm going to say what Adobe update, not just InDesign, but it could be InDesign. What Adobe update or new feature that you are most excited about personally? Well, generative fill, for sure. So what we've already talked about. That is what I'm definitely most excited about, what, what it can do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I love it. And then I don't know if you can tell us about this. For those of you who haven't listened to Julie's old episodes, she is like a certified Adobe instructor. And so because of that, she gets like some inside access to Adobe. She's in like different like groups and different testing groups. And so she gets to know a little bit about some of the new features on the roadmap ahead of time. I don't know what she can talk about publicly. So if there is like a cool new feature or update that you know that might be coming that you are allowed to talk about just between me and you. The one thing I will say is that I'm I'm always excited that the Adobe development team is interested in listening to us. So they really are interested in listening to the users and they really do want this product to work for us and the way that we use it. So I can't really speak to anything coming out necessarily, except to say that they are listening and they they do look at the user voice. So if you can access user voice, if you have opinions, they are looking at that. And I, I really appreciate that they care. They care about their users and their creators and things. And so I'm excited to see kind of some of the things that they're going to come up with. Okay. And user voice is like their platform where you can yes. like suggest features and upvote and that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love it. So, I love it. Yeah. All right. So go in there with your ideas and, you know, people can vote on those and it's, it's pretty cool that they do yeah. that. And they really do. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get you in trouble with Adobe, but I thought I would ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that is it for today. Thank you so much for being on the show a third time. If you want to share your your, like contact information or how you help firms and you know what they can hire you for help, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the marketing space in AEC and I am passionate specifically around coordinators about making your jobs easier. So that is why I became a certified instructor that I really want to help you on your journey and Let's automate the things that we can so that you can focus on making your firm win. So that's really where my passion lies. So we offer, of course, proposal support and all kinds of marketing support at Shaver Creative, which is shavercreative.com. But I also do training not only for associations and things, but for internal marketing teams. So I do quite a bit of that so that we can, your entire team can really learn to use and design the same way as each other so that you can mm. collaborate a little bit more easily within your own organization as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been to Julie's trainings and there you learn a lot, but she breaks it down in like an easy way. So you actually feel like you're learning, you're learning and doing at the same time. And so I really like the way that you approach your trainings. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks again, Julie. Wow. What an incredible episode. 
I hope you're as excited as I am about all the remarkable updates that Adobe has brought to the table. I really encourage you, like what Julie recommended, go to that Firefly website, try them out, play with these tools before they become live in production. That will just get you further ahead of the game. And a big thank you to our guest today, the Adobe guru herself, Julie Schaefer, for sharing her expertise and shedding light on how these advancements are going to revolutionize our AEC marketing process. If you want to learn more about Julie and the incredible work she does at Schaefer Creative, make sure to go over and check out the show notes page. You can find those over at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash 131. And before I sign off for today, I'd like to express my gratitude to all of you, my loyal listeners. Your continued support and engagement makes this podcast possible, but I couldn't do it without you. So thank you. Now that's it for today's episode. I will see you next week, same time, same place, where I'll be covering the differences between online marketing strategies and how to select the best one for your next campaign. Until next time. Bye for now.